Here they come! Hello and welcome to episode 128 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host Eric Moore and today I'm joined by Kelly Hogaboom to discuss the effects of Attack of the Crab Monsters. Greetings from the humongous, the Lord humongous, the warrior of the wasteland, Hello, Kelly. Hello, Eric. Here we go. Here we go. We've just had a little bit of technical problems, didn't we? So, mm, but yes. uh, <clears throat> it might be there's a whacking great big crab monster outside playing around with the phone Absolutely. line or something. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Attack of the Crab Monsters. This has been on the cards for a very long time. You mentioned this ages and ages and ages ago about this is one that you would like to do. Yes. Um, and um, I've never seen it. Um, I've, I've never, ever seen this film before. Um, it's one that's in my books, and I've seen that photo, the classic black and white steel of the crab monster just in there, in that cave. Um, but no, I, I had to buy it. Okay. Um, it's, a sh- it's a shame, really. I mean, it's, it's such a cheap film, and, you know, it's out in the public domain, so you just get these cheap knockoff DVDs, and I managed to buy one of them. Of course, no extras on it whatsoever. Um, but I think that's quite in keeping with the uh, the uh, rush this film out attitude that Roger Corman had with a lot of his uh, product, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, making four movies in a month kind of thing, right? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And I like the way that, I mean, this is an incredibly short film. I mean, I've just seen on Facebook tonight, you said something about it's, it's an hour and six or seven minutes. Yeah. But the version I've got is exactly one hour. So mm. I don't know if... If the version I've got has been cut in some way, that'll be interesting as we go through this. Yeah, to what, see what if did you, they cut? You, you've seen that I haven't seen. Yeah, I've seen the extended yeah. edition. <laughs> I don't know. I tell you what, it's it, it was dead on an hour for me, but um, it felt like more. Um, <laughs> I, 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 and I really don't know why, but we'll talk about that um, as we go through. So. To begin with, um, wh- why why did you want to do this? How how are, are you and uh, this film uh, connected? Well, first of all, I love um, old like black and white or even up to early sixties sci fi. I mean, especially big monster, big bug movies. That's just kind of my milieu. And but the way I found this film was I'm I'm Facebook friends with Larry Blameyer, who has um, I don't know if you know him. He's a director, writer and actor, and he's put out several homage films. Like, have you ever heard of The Lost Skeleton of Cadavera? Nope. OK, well, he's um, I think that's like 2001. But he he basically makes um, these goofy but brilliant homage films to these old, you know, sci fi or scary house movies. And he. He was heavily influenced. He's quite a cinephile. Um, he's extraordinary at, um, he, you know, 
film history, but he was influenced by this film and he talked about the credits, how much he loved the credits. And so I watched, I started the film to watch the credits because I was a Larry Blomeyer fan. And then I just ended up loving this movie so much because to me, it's kind of one of the perfect distillations of a bad, um, you know, radioactive monster film. It's very bare bones and it's just, it's just great. And it's got this silly paper mache crab <laughs> that I love. And you can tell they made, well, well, we'll get into the special effects such as they are. But yeah, so I probably, I don't know if you saw, I also like designed an embroidery sampler with, with. Yes, I yeah. saw on your Facebook page. Yes. yes. So I'm a big fan. And last night, my husband and I rewatched it. And at the end of the film, I said, you know, Eric had never seen this before. And Ralph laughed at me. He's like, He's like, he didn't think you were going to like it very much. Let's just put it that way. So. <laughs> well, Doctor? Oh, this is ridiculous. The molecular structure of this crab is entirely disrupted. There's no cohesion between the atoms. I don't understand. Nor do I. Apparently, we have one of those uh, biological freaks resulting from an overdose of uh, radiation poisoning. The way to explain it is, uh, look, electricity. The free electron in the copper atom breaks off to circle the next atom, taking the charge along the wire. Do you follow me, Hank? I think so. The free electrons jump from atom to atom along the copper at the speed of light. I remember that from high school. Yes, atom to atom. Well, something like that has happened to our crab. But instead of free electrons, the crab has free atoms, all disconnected. It's like a mass of liquid with a permanent shape. Any matter, therefore, that the crab eats will be assimilated in its body of solid energy, becoming part of the crab. Like the bodies of the dead men? Yes. And their brain tissue, which after all is nothing more than a storage house for electrical impulses. That means that the crab can eat his victim's brain, absorbing his mind intact and working. It's as good a theory as any other to explain what's happened. But, Doctor, that theory doesn't explain why Jules and Carson's minds have turned against us. Preservation of the species. Once they were men, now they are land crabs. It was curious watching it because, like yourself, I'm a big fan of the 50s B-movies, the giant creatures spawned by radiation type thing. And, and when you do watch this, you know, it, it's got similar themes and beats to, like, them and that. And I can't help but when I watch this, it makes the other ones like them or even the Deadly Mantis, or even the Black Scorpion, which is a film you and I have covered before on this show, right. you know. It's like, blimey, those ones did it better. Absolutely. But, yeah, but it, it, it's, it's really amazing because, as I say, until I bought it, I only knew stills. Um, and, of course, you, you have been on a special that we did, of, effectively speaking, you know, with Andrew and Ian when we did the Paul Blaisdell mm -hmm. um, um, special, didn't we, on his work. And, and this is the film that famously Paul Blaisdell turned down. <laughs> Normally, he, he was making tons of um, uh, Roger Corman special effects. but uh, So I only knew it from that. So when I put it on and I put the DVD in the player and I sat down, the opening credits, this opening animation was a complete surprise. This I wasn't expecting something as you know, quirky and charming yeah. as that. I, the, the, the opening credits are the highlight for me of this film. Afterwards, Nothing else, you know, really compares to those opening <laughs> animations, I don't think. The 
I, I don't know if there ever is going to be a restoration, um, but when those credits are beautiful, even in the bootleggy versions that we're seeing, you know what I mean? They're just, mm. they're really special. The artwork's special. And, that, and that's why I, I did design an embroidery sample and I did embroider it because I, I did, they are very, um, very cool. Um, but yeah, it's, this movie is really aping or it's just so, it's, it's got so many similarities to all the films you mentioned and to like Creature from the uh, Black Lagoon, you know, oh, with this, the so. scientist and then the other guy who's got the hots for the lady scientist. And, yeah. yeah. So there, it's, if you like those, like you just mentioned some that are pretty good, especially them. I think them is a great film. But yes, this is this is like what the completist would watch. It, it's not a great film. I just love it. Mm. And and of course, you know, the, the, this was never going to be high art. You know, Roger Corman was <laughs> was, was, was uh, um, churning these out. I mean, the reason this is a short film was it was a double bill. It was made to play mm -hmm. as a double bill. With it was not of this earth, wasn't it? The film right. that they played with. Right. Um, and they are meant to be played as a double bill. And if you've got a double bill, that means short because right. you can get in more shows per day. Um, so it was never viewed as high art. I don't think Roger Corman or anyone on it thought, oh, yes, them was really good. We're going to try and, and match that. I don't think anybody knew that they could match the quality of some of the other fare that was out at the time. Yeah, yeah. I mm. And I also, like, we've talked about this before, but when you watch a film like this as a, as an adult... It's really hard to know. Like, was any did anyone ever find this scary? You know, like even if you were a small child, would you have found this film scary? You know that there's some spookiness to it, but the monsters certainly aren't scary. But again, I saw it as a grown up, so you know, hard to say. I don't. I know. I don't think anyone <laughs> could have been scared by this because it's just so ineptly done. As some <laughs> of the things we will talk about the special effects as we go through, and there are so many moments in this film where you're going. That doesn't make any sense. You know, I, I, this isn't for people to actually think about and study. This is for couples to sort of half watch while they're smooching yeah. and driving, isn't yeah. it? You know, I know, mm. but that's that's one reason I love it. Is it's like the plot is literally giant radioactive crabs can eat people and then have telekinetic no telekinesis, right? Like that's yes. it. That's the that's the plot. I, I appreciate a simple plot. What can I say? It is very simple. Uh, let's go through it. I mean, it's only an hour long, so we can go through this bit by bit. I mean, we start off with the fabulous animation, which I'd love to have seen in colour. I don't know if that exists still, those mm. paintings. Most probably not, but, you know, they were really good. Um, and then we get the, the cliche thing now where you, you've got to start off with a biblical quote. So you right. bung a bit of the Bible in there, get, try, try and give it a bit more class. And straight away, I mean, we've got no establishing shots. I mean, this is just filmed... You know, um, you know, in California. So you've got a bit of a beach, and you've got this dinghy, this large dinghy, bringing this group of people along. This mixed bunch of people. You've got, I mean, you've got that guy in the white Mac with the sunglasses, haven't you? Right. And you've got Jules. I don't know if he's French or if he's Canadian. He's got a, a French accent, hasn't he? Yes, very much so. Yeah, and and <clears throat> straight away he steps off the boat, and it, straight away he goes, he goes, "There's a lack of welcome here." I mean, this was this film was never going to win any uh, awards for the script. There's a lack of welcome here, um, followed up by the captain, and we know he's a captain because he's wearing a captain's hat, um, and he says about, "Oh yeah, it was the same when I was last here when I came looking around for the first party, and they had all vanished." So there you go. Within the first thirty seconds, you've got your the whole film set up, haven't you? Right. 
And you forgot to mention that before we see our, our players show up, there is a long sequence of stock footage explosions. And, yes, yes, and there's yes. also a model that gets destroyed with the model work isn't terrible. They, but they, but it's totally out of sequence because they've already explained in the narration that the first group of scientists is gone. But then they mm. show this, all this, you know, this explosion and I assume a tsunami, and that goes on, on for so no, no, no. Hang on, that I the one I've got hasn't got an opening uh, narration. It's just got okay. the biblical bit. Okay, so this is where my my extended edition. Comes yes, into yeah, yeah. Look, All right, because that, that that's why I mentioned it. Because straight away he gets off the boat and he goes, "Oh yeah, when I was here last," and it's like, "Oh, you were here before, were you?" You know. <laughs> Well, you didn't miss much, but they 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 really it was a bunch of stock footage explosion and a model a model of the island getting swept away by a quote tsunami. So no I, no no yeah. no that's oh. completely missing off of mine. Oh no. Okay, well that, that there's a bit of the thing. I like the fact that this is so cheap. You've just got the dinghy coming in. I mean, I just assume they got off of a ship because you've got right. a captain. It's not till later we find out it's a seaplane. And, um, right. and you know, they get, get off. One of, one of the people says, oh, here comes the second boat bringing supplies. It's not. It's the first boat. They've just, they've just <laughs> right. taken it back out of sea again because they've right. only got enough money for one boat. Right, exactly, yeah. Yes, yeah. and then in a long shot, you've got a guy fall <laughs> off the boat into the water, yes? Right. Yes. Now, he clumsily falls over. That's a long shot. The neck, there's a cut. We see him, the guy in, you can just tell that's a swimming pool. Um, then you see the crab monster's face, mm -hmm. uh -huh. our, our star of the day face. You go back to the men's legs in the swimming pool. Then you see the crab monster's tombstone teeth. I can't see how those teeth could bite through anything. Um and then the other guys on the boat pull a dummy back on board that's minus its head. Right. Like the Trollenberg mm. Terror, right? The headless. Just like the... Yeah. yeah but in the Trollenberg Terror, when that happens, there's a reaction. Nobody yeah. really mentions this no. again. You see no. him wrapped up in a, in, in, in a sheet on the beach with the comedy sailors who have got their little tent there. But nobody seems to tell perturbed that somebody fell in the water for about 20 seconds and he's pulled out and his head's gone. Yeah, the captain is like, oh, all right, cover him up. <laughs> like, it yeah. was like no reaction whatsoever. I'm like, I feel like that would be a big deal. <laughs> you would think, wouldn't you? Yeah. And meanwhile, the others have gone up to this house. Now, you, you, you know, I don't know if there's something missing from the one that I've seen, but... but we, we're led to understand there was an original party that went onto this small island and this house was built there. That's not the sort of house that you would build if you're a research party. That's someone's thing up in the <laughs> hills of Hollywood, right. isn't it? That they just right. managed to borrow for the weekend. Yeah, and not only that, but again, they just showed all that getting destroyed and this footage you didn't see. So that was totally confusing. It's like, what, what exactly did get washed away? But um, yeah, so there's a sort of ranch-style oh. house that yes. we're going to hang yeah. out in, right? <laughs> yeah, and and they talk about the how rotten the weather is, but it's a sunny day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of scenes with either bad weather or where it's nighttime, but there's, like, glaring shadows, right? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. That is a bright, sunny day. They say it's rotten weather, and somebody, well, I think it's Jules, says there's something wrong with the air. Um, mm -hmm. due to there being no animal noises. But we've just seen a whole flock of birds down on the beach that all well, they, took off and, 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 and were cawing as they took off. 
And they mention about five times in the film, they point out some land crabs. They, they keep pointing oh, out. Look at those. How blatant the land. was that? Every <laughs> yeah. so often you see a crab. Oh, dear. And, and it's called Attack of the Crab Monster as well. Yeah. And also, do you... I've never heard anyone say land crabs. We just say crabs. Is, is that... What the is that... <laughs> no, you can't get land crabs. You know, cra 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 crabs live in the water and then they come out. Yeah. They don't... They, you can't get land crabs. You, you're not walking through a forest and you see a crab, do you? No, and you don't call it like, oh, it's a land. I don't know that. That was funny because that's that they they maintain that throughout the film. Oh, what could be down there? A couple land crabs. Right? The only land crabs we've got are the crabs that people get if they're unfortunate enough to catch a dose. That's <laughs> right. the only crabs we, right. we we know inland. Those are some of Corman's later films. He got a little yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a lot of crabs in his later films. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Then then they hear these distant noises. Which which sound like explosions, and and it's not made clear. Is that the crab monster setting off some dynamite? That's the implication from later. Is that the crab monsters somehow have that ability? But I I wasn't sure what they were saying with that. No, I don't understand <laughs> a lot of what this crab monster is achieving, what his ultimate goal is here. <laughs> but we'll get to that. But yeah, you you got these distant like explosive noises. The ground shakes. And then there's some rock slides. Mm -hmm. and, and shortly afterwards, the captain rows away and he says, I'll be back in a month. And of course, we, do, we don't see the ship. We don't see the, you know, sea boat because they haven't got one. Um, but the most hilarious bit straight after that, and I think it might be my favorite bit of the film. And, and I don't know if Mystery Science Theatre has actually, you know, done this film. But you have the most outrageous piece of exposition next where Hank informs the comedy sailors um, about how there's been a radioactive cloud in the area, it's come over here, that's why they're there. And as we see shots of each individual character, he says their name and what their function is on the right. island. Right, That is just so clumsy, it's untrue. Yeah, yeah, they're walking up the hill and he's like, so-and-so is a, uh, whatever, biologist, a humble biologist. and. Mm. Um, it's terrible. Yeah. It is really, really terrible. Um, and then we get stock footage of a seaplane flying along, uh, which has an explosion superimposed on the top of it. Right. I'm quite grateful they didn't go to a model shot or anything like that. Yeah. Um, they, they just but, slapped an slapped a explosion right on top, right? <laughs> yeah, but what, what happened? Why did the plane blow up? The crab monsters, man. Somehow. I don't know how, but that's... You don't know, right? No, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and then a storm comes along. We've got a storm come along, and they can't get through on the radio, I guess because of the storm. This isn't the crab monster doing it. Um, and then they read behind a left journal. The, 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 the guy, the lead scientist, had left behind his journal, and it's saying about how they had found giant earthworms or something that resembled giant earthworms. We never see any of these, of course, no. do we? No. no. Now, the next day, I guess the storm has passed, and you've got Martha and Dale, this is the creature from the Black Lagoon moment, go off scuba diving. Right. Now, the day before, 24 hours before, some guy was in the water for 20 seconds and he lost his head. But you're going to go off scuba diving. Yeah, that's what my husband said. He's like, isn't there a head floating around down there? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this bit's hilarious because, number one, you can tell... Roger Corman hasn't got the money to have an underwater camera. The actors are in some aquarium, sea life place, yes. because occasionally you can see the, the, the glass of the aquarium 
is in shot and you can see the reflection of the glass so they're outside just filming this aquarium and this aquarium obviously has got real fish that's fine but it's got a, like a shipwreck at the bottom right, right. and they and I, I love it I, I had to rewind it and watch again they, they they swim past the side of the boat and then they go up and over and go out of view as if they're going into the boat and then it cuts to them coming into the boat but it's exactly the same sh shot it's the same <laughs> side of the ship the same right. side of the ship is outside the ship and inside the ship right it's a two-dimensional ship is that what it is <laughs> yeah the next thing of consequence that happens is you get a pit appears this pit right. appears near the house um and then that night martha is asleep and she's woken up by the voice of the dead mclean right who asks her for help right. now rather than saying how come i'm i'm hearing you, you know, right where, where, where is this voice coming from she, she she follows the voice goes outside bumps into jack who's also heard the same thing except the voice is called jack by name um and they don't go what's going on shall we get the others no that happens several times in the film where you, someone hears a disembodied voice of somebody who is presumed dead. And they don't say, why is there a disembodied voice mm -hmm. floating? They, they say, oh, there must be, like, this must be legit. And they follow. And um, this leads to the scene that I had as my phone ringtone for at least a year, which is where <laughs> she says, Jim, you don't know what's down there. And he says, what could there be besides some rocks, water, and a few land crabs? Right. And like he he repels down into the pit, confidently, confidently sure that there's just a couple small land crabs down there, which that line makes me laugh so hard. Oh, no, I've, 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 I've written down my favorite line of it. It's not that one. My one. I'll, I'll tell you about my one when we get there. But then I can't remember how it happens. Martha is knocked unconscious. Is there another little rock slide or something No, no, like she that? just, no, she faints because she's a lady. That's what happens there. Is that what it is? Yeah. Is it before or after um, Jack screams? Because he it's, screams I think it's right before. I don't think she hears him scream. I think we hear him scream, but she's fainted already. Right, right, okay. Well, that's when the others arrive. She wakes up and they hear Jim or Jack. Is it Jack? I think it's Jack. Um, hear him down in, in the pit and he says his leg is broken. Mm -hmm. Right. Again, they're not saying, how come we can hear you if you're down in the pit, but the voice is all around us, <laughs> right, you know? Right. They don't question it at all. Um, zip forward a bit. You've got Martha and Dale in the house and he gets hit by a giant claw. That's he goes into the room, <laughs> and there is a giant claw there that hits him, and he just goes out and shuts the door. Well, and, and we have the whole sci-fi horror thing where no one listens to the woman on the mission, because she's like, don't go into the pit. No, I'm going to go into the pit. She tells Dale, don't go into that room. He's like, no, I'm going to go in there. And he peeks around, and this giant, hilarious paper mache claw kind of like <laughs> swipes on him, and he staggers back. And then after he's out, he doesn't really say, hey, there, there is a like giant claw a 15 foot crab. <laughs> like he just, just doesn't bring it up. <laughs> it's, 
you can't think about this film. It makes no sense at all, at all. I mean, you say also about no one listens to her. I was waiting. I was just waiting for some sexist stereotype thing for her to say or do about making the coffee or something like that. And near the end, she does say, I'll, I'll get her something to eat. And it's like, oh, bloody yeah. hell. Yeah, she makes, she makes the lunch, yes. And she's, yeah. she has to do the nursing duties, right? In these movies, it's always the sole woman who has to – patch someone up when they get hurt yep. or you know yep. bring them yep. whatever in bed but yeah yep. i mean this is meant to be a tense thing there is a claw in the next room <laughs> but then the camera cuts to the others who have sat, seem to have found a back door into the pit right, they've right. gone the long way around found this corridor we're going to see this corridor a lot in this film because they've only got the one corridor i mean it denotes the way to the pit but also the cave later on um and so you see them going in there. They found their way into the pit. You cut back to the house. They've opened the door and the claw has gone. And it seems that whatever it was, just smashed that wall in to eat the hamsters that were in the cage and smash the radio. <laughs> right. Not kill them. No. Just, just the causing hamsters some mayhem. and smash yeah. the radio. And when it smashed the radio... I mean, it's a valve radio. He says each tube was neatly cut, you know. Uh, it, it's got enough intelligence because it's absorbed the, the minds of all the people that it's killed to understand that that's a radio and how to nobble it, you know. But if the ultimate game is just to, you know, eat all of them and, and amass its mind anymore, why didn't it just kill, you know, Dale and Martha? They were in the next room. Yeah, and why, I mean, how does that clumsy papier-mâché claw cut little precise precise cuts on those little tubes? That was cracking me up. And, and also, you know, neatly open up the hamster cage with <laughs> right. its whacking great big claw. And also, I'm not convinced that the hole in the side of the wall was big enough to get that whole uh, crab monster in there either. Right. Again, I was watching that bit, and it's like, thing from another world <laughs> right right uh, they wouldn't have done anything like that in in there you know right um, all right and then for no reason whatsoever the others come back from this extra way into the pit they come back they hear what's going on and then they go back again so right. why did they come back in the first place i don't know they heard a ruckus i don't know my second most uh, favorite moment in this film comes up next which is when they go back to that corridor and for no plot reason whatsoever jules has his hand cut off oh yeah well yeah and, it, and the, yeah it, it, it's like a rock a rock falls on him and severs his hand quite neatly and then his hand is just like five feet away I think that is the most unconvincing hand severing in cinema history. Because, yeah, you have a couple of polystyrene boulders fall down. You see his hand, and then the camera moves back a bit, and you see that it's a severed hand. And then you see him looking at it for a minute, and then he starts screaming. Right. But what purpose does this serve? Because shortly he's going to wander out after hearing the voice, and he's going to get nabbed by the giant claw. What purpose is there whatsoever it was the it was the, the gore shock effect just like with the beheading earlier you know but it's yeah, it's, yeah pretty funny no no I, I i guess you know you need a little quotient of thrills in right. it, or, or, or frights it's a drive-in thing you've got to scare the girls so you know they have yeah. to cut a boyfriend or maybe it's something like that but was any like you said earlier was anybody scared by this i don't i don't see how you could be I do. I have to say, it is kind of creepy that the crabs can absorb somebody's, 
knowledge and voice. I mean, come on, that's a little creepy. Like, I like. Well, that. that's a little bit thing from another world, isn't it? Well, yes. John Carpenter's the thing, you know, who goes right. there that, you know, you absorb the memories and the mind. And and it just, if you start thinking along that line, then then this monster should be far more cunning than it is. <laughs> if, if it's a gestalt, you know, right, it, it's right. absorbed all these personas. The best you know. scientist, yes. Yeah, it shouldn't just be this roaring beast when we finally do see it, you know. Anyway, the comedy sailors, that killed off. It seems to be a staple in B-movie uh, science fiction films or horror films that you've got to have a, a, a comedy character in there, Yes, and the, you know, these sailors, I just have to shout out to my director friend, Larry Blumeyer, because he built a couple characters based, I suspect, quite a bit. These two sailors are, I think, <clears throat> Seaman Ron Fellows and Seaman Jack Summers, and they are definitely, you know, the sort of blue-collar comedy but what's interesting about them is they're also left out there completely exposed in a tiny tent. In their well, tiny tent. <laughs> yes. Well after like a lot of mayhem has happened and the rest of the guys just are like, no, nah, you're out in the tent, dude. Like they get no protection and sure enough, they get subsumed by the crab monsters. See, that's not fair. The others, all the scientists, they've got this apartment on the side of the hill, haven't they? You know, right. with all, all, all the mod cons and everything. And they get a tent. Right. You know? Mm. All right. Well, just after that, that's when Jules is woken up and he's lured away by the voice and he's grabbed by the giant claw. Mm -hmm. um, and then immediately, Jules starts talking to the others um, right. and says that he'll be back tomorrow night. Bonsoir. Um, why, why, why the following night? It's not a vampire crab monster. Mm. You know, it can come out during the day, can't it? He needs to take a nap. He just had like three, he just ate like three guys. Oh, he's got a full belly. Yep. All right. Well, the next night, um, yes, he talks again and says, come to the cave, which, right. as I say, happens to be the same corridor to the pit. <laughs> and, and out he comes. That's when we see him for the first time in all his glory. Right. What is your uh, opinion of the crab monster? Um, well, uh, I actually love their design because it's so dumb. And I really like their eyes, um, which I remember studying quite a bit when I was developing an embroidery pattern for them because they have weird human eyes um, mm. and incredibly well, stupid teeth. I'm with you on the teeth. Oh, the teeth, the teeth. Um, <laughs> On Facebook, I'll put up photos. Um, somebody made a, a model kit of, oh, of the creature. Nice. And they made a mistake. They've painted the teeth, teeth colored, which made it, make it, makes it look even worse. If you look at a black and white photo, the teeth are quite low down to the ground. And you can't really see that they are teeth. But right. yeah, if, if you colorize a photo or if, you, or if you paint a model kit with the teeth being teeth colored, they're just these ho horribly goofy tombstone teeth, aren't they? Well, we've talked about that too, how, because we talked about the, with the Paul Blaisdell um, episode, when model makers would take these creatures, sometimes they just didn't have the angle or didn't, you know, they, the film quality wasn't there. And so they kind of had to invent mm. or, you know, at least embellish. So I haven't seen the crab. I'm going to pull it up on my phone here. The crab yeah. monster model. I assume you don't own that one, Eric. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. And if I did, I would paint the teeth, you, you know, the same color as the rest of it. Oh, I'm I, looking at it now. It looks great. It looks great. <laughs> Even with those teeth. Well, I'm just saying someone lovingly rendered this model. Right. <laughs> to me, with, with the teeth painted like that, it's like Austin Powers, the <laughs> 50s B-movie monster, right. you know. <laughs> Right. Oh dear. 
But anyway, that, that, they, they throw some grenades at it. The grenades can't hurt it, but the stalactites that fall down do. And they, and they think it's dead. And they say, oh, it's just a basic land crab. There's that term again, land crab. <laughs> now, like you say, those eyes are distinctly human. No crab on this planet has got eyes like us, because right. that would be freakish. If, yeah. if crabs had human eyes on the end of their little eye stalks, <laughs> right. they, that, they would be scary. Right. Yeah, but no, um, yes, they are basic land crabs. Mm -hmm. Just um, Now, I thought, you hear this roar, and then, you know, there's the crab monster. I thought that was a second one, but it's not. There's only one crab monster, isn't there? I was confused about that, to be honest. Um, I, I mean, I think everyone watching the film knows that they only made one monster and one yep. cl separate claw. But um, I, I'm, I'm sad to say I cannot definitively. I don't know. You're saying there's one. I believe you. I think there is just the one. Um, and, um, but you know, how can you have one crab monster? expect to achieve world domination i mean especially on an island that's rapidly sinking as right. well um but yeah because it wakes up they run away they go back to the you know the apartment and they study the claw um and they they realize that radiation has mutated this land crab and that anything it eats it will absorb the that thing's mind right, right? And here is my favourite line from the whole film. This is my favourite one. And I don't know how he could say it with a straight face. Once they were men, now they now are they're land, land crabs. crabs. Yeah, oh, that's shit. a pretty good one. That's <laughs> that that I just turned to look at my husband last night and I was like, classic. That line is classic. <laughs> Once they were men, now they are land crabs. You don't see that quoted on classic <laughs> no. movie moments, do you? No. Classic movie dialogue. <laughs> no. Um, they also realise it's pregnant. Right. So... The clock is ticking. Not only is the island sinking, but, uh, yeah, this, this monster is pregnant. And they also realize, by um, electrocuting it, that it will turn instantly to dust. Right. Be because it's negatively charged. And that was a great uh, special effects scene there, where they electrify the, um, electrocute the claw, and it just vanishes. Just you yeah, know, that's all yeah. right. That, yeah. that bit was all right. So they decide they, they're going to create these doohickeys to take down to the corridor to electrocute it. They're going to try and lure it so it walks in the path of the electricity. Um, and so that's what they go to set up to do. And while they're doing it, they hear the crab snoring. He's just round the corner, and he's asleep. <laughs> and... So it, our hero goes across with a knife and the eye opens up. Now that is clearly, those eyelids are like two plastic bags or something that are being yeah. pulled back on wire to reveal yeah. this eye, aren't they? Yeah, which I, I kind of like that. I thought it looked pretty cute. Yeah, it, it's, it's distinctive, I'll put it that way. Um, I love the way it chases after them, but the legs don't move. The claws move at the front, but the legs don't move. It reminds me of the, was it um, the cat women on the moon that had the spider that was like, it just kind of was like a puppet that floated. Yeah, was that, yeah right. Yeah. It kind of, it doesn't look like it's walking. Yeah. Yeah. And the crab monster says, oh, so you have wounded me. I will grow a new claw, he says. Right. He's so great. He says, "Well and good. Yes. <laughs> I can grow an I can grow another claw in a day." <laughs> like he's like, <laughs> he's like gloating. 
doesn't he realise just how ridiculous? I mean, if he's got the minds of all these scientists and that, just what is your life, mate? What yeah. is your life? What are you going to do? You know, what are you going to uh... do? Okay, you grow a new claw back. Then what are you going to do? You know? Anyway, they return to the apartment, but then Carl decides he's going to go off and fix the trap. And uh, he gets electrocuted and then caught by the crab monster. Yeah. I quite expected, when you see that, that quite wide shot of the crab monster and Carl is laid out in front and he's got his claws, I was expecting his head to be severed. I was I expecting us to see the head come off. We were ready for him, to either that or his chest, to get crushed. or But nothing happens, really. He just kind of gropes him for a minute. Gropes him. <laughs> yeah, he gives him a frisk. Um, right. And it's gloating then. It's gloating with many of the voices. Um, they're all intermingled, aren't they? Um, right. As it's chasing the last three left. We've only got Dale, Martha and Hank, haven't we? Right. Um, and and you've, you've skipped the romantic slash sexual tension between Martha and Hank. I think I nodded off at that. <laughs> okay, all but, right. Yeah, no, that's very Creature from the Black Lagoon, isn't it? Yes, it, it is, it, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And that's um, the professor from Gilligan's Island, I'm sure you recognize, Russell Johnson. See, see I... I, I looked up, you know, the actors. I know him from this island Earth and it came from outer space. But over here, I don't think we ever had Gilligan's Island. Um, well, it's pretty, uh, it's, it's, it's crap. It's not worth watching. But it is pretty well known by reputation. I've never so much as seen an episode. I grew up without TV. He was also a good bad guy in Space Children. Did you watch Space Children? No. He was no. like the abusive alcoholic stepdad. He was pretty cool in that. Right, right. I looked up the other um, leads in this. Um, Martha's played by Pamela Duncan, but... Uh, there's nothing notable there, but I'm sure Richard Garland, who plays Dale, I'm sure I'm, I've seen him other yeah. stuff, but but nothing on his IMDb page leapt out at me. But I'm sure I know him from somewhere. Well, I recognize the captain from something. Like he's only in it for a second, but I totally recognized him. Um, but oh, I don't. I'll have to, I'll have to he's look. not even in it for very long. But yeah. Um. Uh, okay. Well, that. The crab monster's chasing the last three. They go, they, they, they manage to get out. They get up, they're going up the beach. There's a convenient electricity pylon um, just there. Um, and the crab is right next to it. And that's when Hank climbs up the pylon and somehow manages to pull the pylon over. Yeah, yeah. Is that it because was... the island's crumbling, do you think? Yes, it is. It, the foundations were weakened, yes. Thank you for, right. yes, right. All right. Okay, so so that's it. That's the crab monster. That's how he. Uh, that's how he leaves us. Is being mm -hmm. electrocuted. As is Hank. He sacrifices himself to to do that. Yeah, and the last um, line of the film is the Dale says he gave his life, and Martha says, "I know," and that's it. That's it. There's no. It. Yeah. But this island is sinking. Their radio has been destroyed. They're going to drown now, aren't that's they? That's what I was thinking. I was. I asked Ralph. I said, "Did did they get?" an SOS out for help or I mean I didn't remember that so presumably they're gonna die too I don't know well yeah and and you know the captain in his plane blew up so it's not like he's gonna come back right you know? um so yeah they die as well yeah, that's the I I felt like it's like they just got too tired to, to make the rest of the film you know they should have given us five more minutes right to resolve something to show a rescue nope it's just over I was kind of hoping that you might have you know had a little bit more footage uh, than my version, but no, it sounds like yours finishes exactly the Exa same. Yeah, the, the end, for sure, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, behind the scenes, not much at all, not much <laughs> at all. Um, filmed at Bronson Canyon, 
Well, that's not a surprise. Mate. You know, so much was filmed at Bronson Canyons. Um, and as I say, Paul Blaisdell actually turned it down. Um, Roger Corman <laughs> wanted him to make the crab monster, but the money he was offering was just not enough for him to do one at mm-hmm. all. Not even Paul Blaisdell. I know, I was going to say. Wire, exactly, you know? right. <laughs> He did, he, I, I, they could have tried cannibalizing one of his past creatures, you know, it conquered the world or something like that. But no, no, he, he just turned it down. Um, what else have I got? Oh, yes, the writer of the movie, uh, Charles B. Griffiths. He is the man who gets his head cut off at the very beginning. <coughs> oh, okay. Auspicious cameo. Yes, 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 yes. And um, that's about it. I mean, there was a... Uh, um, a, a now lost Doctor Who story from 66 called the Macra Terror, which is about a base being besieged by these giant crab creatures. And apparently that's kind of like similar. Uh, nobody knows Macra Terror. That, that, that's a lost story. You can't watch that now. But stills exist of the, of the crab. And the crab is nowhere near as goofy as the right. one that we see in this one. I think maybe if it had been a more authentic looking crab, maybe you might not have liked this film so much. I think the goofiness is part of it, isn't it? Uh, it's like, for me, it's like just the, it's just such a pared down version of, you know, you've got the mysterious disappearance. I mean, it reminds me of so many other films because it really reminds me of Killer Shrews, which is mm-hmm. so such a fun one that I would totally love to talk about any time the special effects and killer shrews are basically dogs wearing shrew masks but they're kind of scary i honestly that that film had a couple jump scares but yeah i i don't know why i like it i think the lot the corny lines are just great and like i kind of like the crab's personality <laughs> he's got that stentorian voice well and good like i'm just like what it is a ridiculous I, film. I mean, it's entertaining, but it's ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. But it's only an hour and seven minutes. I mean, we can, we can watch an hour and seven minutes, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I've got to thank you for it because, you know, it's <laughs> another one in my collection now. It's on my <sighs> shelf and, and, and there oh, it geez. will stay. So uh, thank you for, um, you know, filling in a bit of my B-movie knowledge there, Kelly. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> now, before you go, we have to rate the effects Ooh. of this. Right, and it's the effects of all of it. You know, it's the it's the giant, unconvincing claw. It's the uh, the crab monster himself. The close up of the eye, the tombstone teeth. Um, how effective and the model are the from the beginning? Yeah, the model which that I you didn't, didn't see. see. I, didn't yeah. <laughs> right. I I gotta say, the effects are pretty bad. I mean, I'm gonna give it like a three. Right, that's exactly what I've got, and I think three is perfectly <laughs> fair, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Paper mache. Paper mache. But yeah, you've got to think about it. Of the, it, it, it is a product of its time. It was mm-hmm. made very cheaply to fulfill a certain purpose. It was never going to be high, high art. And I'm sure Roger Corman, because he produced and directed this, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'm, I'm sure it, it's just a schlock film, isn't it? It was yeah. just something to just get out there and um, rake some money in, you know? Yeah, okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think... Also, I mean, when people talk about 50s B-movies, you know, there are certain films which are always trotted out and quoted um, and named. Um, I, I, I can't think of many times when people have really talked about it. So, and, and that's one of the reasons I think maybe that's why it's, I've overlooked it till now. So uh, thanks for bringing it to oh, my, my attention. You're welcome. I'm just cringing because I'm like, I, I remember saying when we talked about Ian, I was like, they're not a lot of special effects, but yeah. 
Oh, well, thank you for watching and thank you for uh, inviting me on. Cause, and I'm always down for any any goofy 50s, early 60s, big bug, big Well, monster. we can do the shrews if you want oh, next time. I love the shrews. Similar, it's similar caliber. I will just put it out there. It's a similar caliber oh, of film. Yeah. So just to Well, it's another you. one that I haven't watched for literally decades. Okay. And I, it would mean me purchasing, but I don't mind that. So, all right. To be, re, uh, to be continued with another similarly themed one next time. All right, Kelly? Awesome. All right. Thank you, Eric. Excellent. Right. See you then, Kelly. All right. Bye-bye. That's all, folks.